Welcome back. So just as a reminder, I never know whether we have new listeners, but if you're new here, welcome. The Hustle is a weekly podcast dedicated toward telling the stories of great artists that don't get told as often. And maybe you recognize them, maybe you don't. Hopefully you're getting turned on to some new music, or hopefully you're hearing the stories by the people who made music you know and love that you weren't aware of. And that's what we're doing this week. We're talking to Kurt Malou who was the lead singer of the band Double. And Double had, you are hearing it now, one of the most unique hits of all time, if you ask me. It's so out of this world. It doesn't fit into any particular genre exactly. It's so different and so unique. The Captain of Her Heart, which hit number 16 in 1986. It was a huge hit and still is. It's basically a standard to this day. Kurt and his partner Felix Hogg put out two albums as double and then they broke up and they never really had any other hits, not in the States anyway. But Kurt has carried on as a solo artist ever since. He still to this day puts out new music pretty frequently. Felix unfortunately died of a heart attack in 2004. We talk a little bit about that. But we also find out, you know, what kind of a life the captain of her heart has afforded Kurt, which is a nice one, by the way and uh, what went into the making of that and what he does now. He's a really interesting guy and I just thought it would be fascinating to learn more about the guy behind this iconic hit song. Uh, he called me from his home in Hamburg. Kurt Blue, thank you very much for joining me today. I always kick these things off with sort of a story of how I came to discover the band and I remember, now first of all we have to establish, is it Double? Is it Duble? I've seen it both. Yeah, I mean, the English said Duble. I don't know why, but... Um, <laughs> so the English complicated it when really... The English it pronounced double. it the French way, and uh, we pronounce it the English way, so I don't know. I say, I say double, and... Um, you say double. Okay. What does that even mean? Well, uh, we wanted to establish the image of being uh, doubled, like four, and uh, as oh. you can see on the, on the album cover, uh, we're four people, but sure. twice, the, twice the same guys. But it took a long time for, for a lot of people to realize that we're not a combo, that we're just a duo. Mm. And so it worked. Okay. So That's double is literally the meaning of double. There's two of you. Yeah, we were two, but we were like multi-instrumentalists, and um, yeah. th that's why we were like doubling oh. ourselves, like in the movies. Got it. Okay. Mm. See, all this time, I assumed we, you know, no, know nothing Americans were calling it double, but in reality, it's duble, and it means something very deep, and you know, some foreign word. But okay, it's very literal. That's interesting. See, I didn't know that. Okay, so I remember when the song came out. I would have been in 1984. Five, I believe I would have been. Yeah, 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thirty years ago, exactly. Yeah, uh, here, yeah. In, here in Germany, and then next year, uh, in in uh, it's the anniversary uh, worldwide. Oh, that's crazy. So yeah, I would have been about twelve, thirteen years old. And the first few times I heard it, it would be more in the background. Like I'd be at a friend's house, and the radio mm -hmm. was on, 
or I'd be in the backseat of the car, or I'd be in a store or something like that. And I remember very distinctly the first few times thinking, hey, did someone change the channel? Because it was so, I would have been listening to pop radio. So it would have been Prince, Bruce Springsteen, and then this strange double song that sounded like, <laughs> it still sounds like nothing else that's ever been out there. Or I was making the transition to more alternative radio. So it would be Depeche Mode, Oingo Boingo, and mm. Captain of Her Heart. And it just sounded so out of place that the first few times, I very distinctly remember thinking, did someone just change the channel? Uh, what were we? I thought we were listening to something else <laughs> because it was so out there, you know. Yeah, right, right. They even played it on urban radio at yeah. the time, uh, and and it was just a crossover hit, uh, a lucky thing, you know. Yeah. So let's get okay. So let's start with you know the obvious boilerplate stuff. Did you have any idea the captain of her heart would be? I mean, it still lives on. It still sounds as fresh but also sort of as strange and otherworldly as it ever did. Did you have any idea when you stumbled on that piano riff or the, the sax lines, did you have any idea? Well, when I, um, I mean, Felix came up with the piano riff and I immediately knew that um, it will stuck in your head. I mean, yeah. as you can see, and, and, and it's proof now. Yeah. But uh, at the time, the record company was very skeptical to put out uh, a ballad as a single because at the time it was like dance music, you know, you, you had yeah. to play it also in the club. And they said this would never get airplay. And what happens in the middle part? There is nothing. Mm -hmm. And I say, yeah, well, it's nice. It, it sounds, it, it, it's, it, it has good mood. It has a good atmosphere. Yeah. That's why yeah. we left it like that. Actually, the middle part was meant to be the second verse, but I didn't know what to sing anymore after the first verse because I, I sang everything it needs. Uh -huh. so, we, we, so we left it open. It turned out that people loved this, this, this smooth yeah. uh, middle part. But then in the record company, the secretary started to whistle the piano riff and the A&R guys realized, okay, it's uh, it's a hook, and, yeah, uh, and sure they is. gave it they gave it a try. Fortunately, good. It's funny you say that. So obviously, in preparation for our conversation for like the last week or so, I've been listening to double and your solo stuff nonstop, and I find myself same thing whistling that hook all day without, and, and I'll catch <laughs> myself and be like, oh man, it's still there. It's still you know it just burrows in your blood and stays yeah. there. It's such yeah. a crazy song. Now, you know, I would venture to guess, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but my impression has always been that that's one of those songs that while almost everyone knows it, I bet few people could even name the band that performed it or know much about it. Am I way off base? Because I, no, I don't recall at the time. Is that, maybe it's, and again, my, per, my perspective is completely as a teenager in America. You know, I don't think most people would say they know the name Double or they would have even bought the album or remember, you know, I don't, was, was there a big promotional push at the time to put you on, yes, you know, yes, chat we, shows we, we had, and stuff like that? Okay. No, we, we had, no, we had, we had the big problem that we couldn't perform live because we were only two people and we should oh. have, could have formed a, a band to perform live. This was a big mistake. Looking back, this was the, the major mistake we made because this would have established the name uh, also in the States. But we sold a lot of albums uh, yeah. in the States. Uh, I was surprised, and, and here in Europe anyway. But 
because it was a one-hit wonder in the end in, in, in the States. Yeah, they couldn't put the song together with a face, with a name. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just a song, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. Interesting. When this was going on, were you feeling, I mean, it, the song obviously became a hit. I think it reached number 16 here in the States. Did you ever feel like, well, for instance, did you ever tour America? We made a, a promotion tour um, that was uh, that took us two weeks. So we were really like at every radio station and giving okay. interviews. But okay. as I said, we 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 should have we should have played concerts. That's yeah, that's just, uh, yeah, absolutely. So you guys never played concert. We played never live played live. We never played live. Uh, the two of us. I started to play live with my own group and my own material oh. later. But with double, you never there played is... live anywhere. No, anywhere. No. Oh wow! No, no. I mean, once in a in a, in a TV show, uh, just Felix yeah. on the piano and I was singing. But but we never we never toured. No, no. Because oh, uh, the the main reason was that Felix uh, had an anxiety to to be on stage because uh. he was afraid that the material that is on the record would never sound the same on stage. And I said, so what? I mean, it's live, yeah. and the other yeah. thing is the record. But this was just uh, the way it was. Oh wow! Do you have, so? Do you, do you have regrets about that? Yes, that's the only regret I have actually, because performing live on stage is fun because you have sure. the immediate feedback from the people. You know where you stand. You know where yeah. you are. You know if they love you or not. And right. uh, I think double would have existed much longer if we, if we uh, did some live shows. Oh man, that's I didn't the way realize that. Yeah. Well, no wonder then you're kind of mysterious. You know, you weren't out there opening for you know whoever Madonna or something like that back in the day. <laughs> I could, which I totally could have seen that happening. Huh, fascinating. Okay, well then, yeah, that makes sense. Now, one thing I think is really interesting is that, like we were talking about the atmosphere, the mood of Captain of Her Heart. I mean, that whole first album, Blue. Nothing's quite to that same level, but it's all sort of of the same piece. So, I mean, I mean, you must have had a very unique, specific sound in your head as you're yes. creating the Blue Album. Mm. Was it, I don't even know, when you, when you, the sound in your head, is it anything like anything else you're hearing? Or do you feel like, I've got something completely different going on up here, and we're going we're gonna to chase this? And see where it well, goes. the sound, the sound of double that is unique uh, is is because we both, Felix and I, we both came from from jazz. We were like into jazz, and uh, uh -huh. he was a great, great jazz drummer, and um, I was listening to Miles Davis, and this was my kind yeah. of music. So when when, but on the other hand, of course, I was listening to Jimi Hendrix because I'm a guitar player, and mm. and I was listening to pop music. So it's pretty much a fusion, but yeah, you can hear sure that, that that we're coming from another side of of, of, the, of the music spectrum. Totally, yeah, totally. Now, because I was listening to your first band was Ping Pong, right? Yeah, yeah. Trio, I was listening yeah. to. And now it's it's hard to find a ton of ping pong music, but I found that song "Rhythm Walk" on YouTube.
that sounds very different. You know, that's basically sort of a post-punk, more aggressive. Yeah, we were band. influenced by the police, and uh, yes. yeah, that's true. I mean, there's an original version that 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 you won't find uh, because it never it never got released. That Phil Manzanera from Roxy Music produced. We were at yeah. his studio in Jersey. This sounds a little different, less like a police okay. kind of thing. Yeah. But Interesting. You, you know, Ping Pong was, a, was a, a life project. We were really touring, and the three oh. of us, we, we made a lot of concerts. We played the Monterey Jazz Festival, which is very uh, famous. Yeah, we were a life band. Okay. So Ping Pong is more legitimate. You're out there, you're touring, You've got you know traditional instruments you're playing. One thing I yep. will say about Rhythm Walk, at least the version that I heard on YouTube, such a funky bass. There's such a funky bass line in there, and I thought, mm. now this is, this bass line is the connection between ping pong and double and your subsequent solo work. I mean, you you've got a very strong sense of like a groove, and you like. It seems to me as an outsider that you like your music to have a very defined groove and a good feel to it. Am I kind of am I off base on that? No, 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 groove is is the root. I mean this 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 yeah. really um if 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 you don't have a groove, uh then it's no fun. Uh, yeah. Also for yourself to 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 build up something on this this uh base. I mean Yeah. Yeah, this is the the first thing that has to good. Yeah, connect. I noticed it right away in that rhythm walk song that even though there it's you know more rock, there's still a groove in there that's very mm -hmm. very you. So now Phil Manzanera. Well, first of all, okay. So two questions. One is so Felix is okay touring as ping pong, but when you guys change direction and become double, that music becomes so sophisticated that he's not comfortable. On stage yeah, and he played it? the piano. With, he played the piano with double, but with ping pong, he was a drummer. That's right, he was and a drummer. and the drums, the drums is his is his real instrument. I mean, he's a Got drummer, it. and okay. he just played the piano because no one. But I can't play. The, I mean, I can't play the piano, but I'm yeah. not a good piano player. And he's a better piano player. That's why he played the piano. But he didn't feel comfortable uh, playing the piano instead of drums, which is Got his it. native instrument. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. So how did you guys get hooked up with Phil Manzanera? I mean, Roxy Music are legends. Yeah, Somebody I'm, somewhere had yeah. to think you two made sense together. Our manager, uh, which is still uh, the publisher of Double, he worked for Island Records, and he knows the management of Roxy Music, and he knows he knows Brian Ferry, and he knows Phil Manzanera, and he just asked. Wow. And and, and he said, "Yeah, why not?" It's, it's. It, I sent him the demo material, and and he thought that it, it's very interesting. So we made four songs with Phil, and but then we found a German record company in the end, and they wanted to reproduce it again. Uh, which uh, well, What's the thinking behind that, you've got. I mean, I don't know if Phil Manzanera was, con was if and Roxy Music were considered then the legends that they sort of are now. But it's like, yeah, yeah. look, what more do you want? We've got music produced by a a name, you know, a big mm. name. Why? I think it was a political. Yeah, now? I think it was a political uh, decision made by those people at record companies that sometimes you don't understand their decision. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a that's a common theme that comes up mm. in this podcast because I I talk to a lot of people like you, who had one hit mm. or they put out one album or whatever. Now, you've been carrying on, but so often this inside political, you know, 
fighting or whatever, the mm. band or the artist that I'm talking to is a victim of that through no fault of their own, you know? That's really a shame. So that Phil Manzanera music is just sitting out there somewhere and will probably never come out? Yes, the tapes, they, they oh, got wow. broken in. Wow, okay. Okay, so then there were other singles off the Blue, the double Blue album, but nothing, I don't remember anything else ever really hitting the States. No, not the States. We were in the charts uh, in, in England with uh, Your Prayer Takes Me Off. When I want you dancing in the heat, my heart goes in. When I want you praying to the beat, my soul goes in. When your prayer sets my soul on fire, my mind goes in. When your prayer's taking me Captain of her heart, as that sort of it sounds like that sort of grew organically all over the world, right? It just sort of yes, country by country. Build, it was in the right? charts in in fifty two countries, and uh, that was that was a lot at the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, it was like a snowball effect. You know, it, it started in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and then all over Europe, and 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 when it hit the charts in the, in in the UK. Then of course the American market was was like curious, mm. 
because uh-huh. they also they they always observed the the UK market. And then we had the choice to to uh, go to actually any any record company, but we decided to go with A and M, which was a very good decision. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So was there not much more? I mean, did the second double album? that really even come out very much in the states i mean would it have been on you know shelves in record stores at mm. the time really well it, it it still sold uh a quarter of a million which is a lot oh well that's but, fine but, oh good i didn't realize yeah. okay yeah yeah and 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 um devil's ball the single uh was a big hit in south good. america but and also in 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 the uk it was in the charts but it wasn't the success anymore of the first album that's right uh, why the record company uh, also sort of stepped back and, 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 yeah. and didn't do much promotion uh, like they did for the for the first album. Huh. So let's get into what's going on in your brain. You start out, as, I believe, anyway, as an artist, right? And so you and Felix kind of joined forces as a sort of a jazz band and then a rock band, and it's starting to slowly build. And then out of nowhere, um, not that you didn't think you wrote a great song, but captain of her heart becomes this thing worldwide you're suddenly Mm -hmm. sort of famous and popular and probably richer than you were before and then second album comes out you're probably going into the second album thinking you know with the wind in your sails thinking this is great we're hot right now this is going to be huge and then it kind of it's okay but it's not as big how are you feeling at the time well, uh, I I thought that we had a hit with Devil's Ball because uh, Herb Alpert's trumpet on the song that you hear, is, yeah. this lick is also very, very uh, catchy. It's autumn in my heart again And a little bit of hell in my soul I'm looking for a place to go Where all my devils won't have a ball But the whole arrangement, it, it just, it just, uh, it sucks actually. You yeah. know, <clears throat> the problem was we had we had this this argument that uh, we wanted to have a a real violin player mm-hmm. that is playing like like the devil. But uh, the guy we flew in, he couldn't actually play it on a real violin. Oh, really? It was just, it just, yeah, it didn't work. So. Oh, man. I mean, we flew him in, and and it, and it was it was expensive and everything, and yeah. we had the studio time, and he offered us to play it on an electric violin, which sounds actually like a distorted guitar, and I thought that this was a bad idea, but Felix and the management thought 
it was great. Mm. The, the result was that the American radio stations didn't play it because they said it, it, it won't suit uh, the format because it's, it's not a rock yeah. song. Uh, you can't have a rock guitar in it. And uh, yeah, they were very strict. Anyway, wow. so this was like an accident. But I still mm. believe that this song has a great potential. And I was talking to yeah. Herb Albert when he was in Hamburg. He had a concert here a few years ago, and we were backstage. And, and he also mm. said that this is a pity because he also thought that this this song has a great potential. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and I mean, let's not gloss over the fact. How did you get Herb Albert? Is it because you were on A and M that he was yeah. willing? To yeah, absolutely, and he really okay. loved our music, uh, and he also he loved this song. I would think song. he would dig that. Yeah. No, he wouldn't do it otherwise. You know, he, he, yeah. he doesn't have to do anything anymore. But he wanted to play the trumpet on that song because he liked the melody, he liked us, and uh, yeah, it was great. It was a pity it didn't take off. Yeah, weird. Weird. That's too bad. You got the you got the guy who owns the label that you are on playing, <laughs> playing on your on song, yeah, and yet right. the label that he owns can't do enough with the song. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, like I said before, one of the topics that comes up a lot on this podcast is money, and how people you know continue to pay their bills. And my sense, and you can be as you know vague as, or as specific about this as you want, is that because of the, you know, the Captain of Her Heart was not only a hit then, but it continues to live on now. If you did nothing else, if when Double broke up in, I think it was 1987, after that second album, Mm -hmm. could you live the rest of your life just off money that you would make from Captain of Her Heart? Well, it would be better to have two Captains of Her Heart, but it still pays the rent, yes, because it, it became a standard, you know, it became it an sure everything. Yeah. Wow, still that's played great. Okay. worldwide on radio stations, and uh, that's, uh, yeah. That's a, and you continue a, 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 to, because it's still sort of alive out there, you continue to make decent money off that and enough to continue to pay your bills and i would imagine support your solo career as well right yeah it gives me the opportunity to do what i really want to do and not to do something just for the money you know i, yeah. I never did like music for advertising or stuff stuff like that i just sure. just, just put out my my solo albums yeah i'm a lucky guy then you are that's the dream isn't it doesn't everybody yeah, I absolutely mean, I, so I, mean, I, I, I mean i i mean i it doesn't make you rich, but uh, I mean, at least you have the freedom to do what you want to do. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's so great, and I'm so thankful for that, absolutely. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you, Kurt. That's great. You deserve it. That's an amazing song. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to all your solo work lately, as much yeah. as I can, as much as what's on Spotify, anyway. It's still kind of in keeping in that same loungy, groovy vibe, right? Is that just the music you like to make? You were saying earlier about being really into jazz, but then also into Jimi Hendrix. Do you ever venture out and sort of, even if it's on your own, in your own studio or whatever, do you expand beyond this kind of groovy thread that you're working? Oh, yeah. I love to play funky music. I I listen to a lot of black music, and um, I play a funky guitar, actually. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I play guitar since I was 11, and I'm I'm a pretty good guitar player. I mean, on, on my on my uh, own um, uh, records, I I play my the, the style that that like suits my voice. You know, the problem uh-huh. is I have a very smooth voice. I'm a crooner. Yeah, you do. And yeah. 
I'm not a funky singer. I mean, I could do it, but it, it, it's not it's not what I'm really comfortable with. So yeah. the yeah. music you hear is the music that is is best for my voice. Yeah. And if, I, if I write songs, this is the criteria. Yeah, that makes sense. I hadn't thought of that before, but you you do have a very unique, specific voice as well. And so, yeah, yeah, but it hasn't it hasn't a big range, and and I'm singing quite low. You know, I need sort of space in my music, and it has to be sort of smooth. Yeah, uh, that to makes support sense. my voice. <clears throat> so you um you know I was looking at those clips on YouTube of you performing live, and it, it appears that a lot of them happen in little kind of cafes or little excuse me little clubs or whatever. Is that still how often do you play when you go out live? I don't play often, but I mean if there's an opportunity, I was in Toronto um uh, yeah. 2 months ago and I played oh, with really? local musicians and I like the idea to play with local musicians because there are great musicians and uh it was an adventure of course because they didn't sure. know my songs before. I I just <laughs> sent them the charts and uh we met like Two hours before the concert for the first time. Yeah. Uh, but, oh wow. But, but it, yeah, but it worked out well because they're pros and they they know that and they really had a lot of fun and they liked uh, the kind of music that 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 I'm composing and mm -hmm. so we had a great time and I I want to do more of that. Good. Now somebody has to step in and play the sax part on Captain of Her Heart. Is that uh, mm -hmm. always a hired gun local too, or do you at least have one guy? That you can count on to hit those notes I have a, that you I bring have with a girl. You. I have a oh, girl, girl who plays the sax. Yeah, in my in oh, my even group. Better. That's great. <laughs> in my in my band that I have here in in, in Germany, um, uh, yeah, she's a she's a great saxophone player. You can see her on on YouTube also. Uh, we okay. had a concert in Zurich. Uh, it called uh, Moot Jazz Club, and there she's playing some saxophone solos. She's really great. Oh, right on, right on. That's great. Okay, cool. I was listening to one of your interviews, one of the Cafe Malou interviews that are on YouTube as well. So in your mind, there's this song called Twice in a Lifetime on your Loopy Avenue album. Fortune told her that she soon will start loving again. Love comes around twice in a lifetime A better time, another lifeline Spellbound Till love comes back around Love comes around in a lifetime Spellbound Till love comes back Around You were saying that you view this song as sort of a sequel to Captain of Her Heart, right? Yes. How so? Because how so? How, do, how are they connected? Well, the Captain of Her Heart ends on a on a uh, minor note, you know, you never know what happens to that woman when uh -huh. she decides not to wait any more. I mean, a lot of people wrote me, and that was the reason why I wrote that song twice in a lifetime. A lot of people 
wrote me and asked me, is she killing herself? And uh, I didn't like the idea, but I mean, I left the ending open. So it's up to me to to sort of do something about it. And I just felt somehow pushed to write a more happy ending. And that's why I wrote Twice in a Lifetime. Oh, that's so interesting. I bet people who love Captain of Her Heart would would like to know that that song is out there as sort of a uh, you know a postscript to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So now you and Double, you and Felix, basically you break up in '87. There's no animosity, from what I can understand or what I've read. You two aren't <laughs> angry with each other. You just kind of decide to move on, not really on the same page anymore. Is that well, right? we we actually we actually broke up in '89 because in '88 we went to the studio again uh, and worked oh. on the third album, but oh. this we never finished it because we had we had other ideas. He wanted to do more uh, something more epic, more um, like cinematographic, and and I oh, wow. wanted and I wanted to go back to the pop song to the yeah to the to the the format we had uh, and was very successful on Blue. So we said, let's let's call it a day. I mean, we're friends. We don't want to yeah. we don't want to separate over over our sure. uh, musical ideas. And and I was living in Paris already, uh, and he was still living in Zurich. So we didn't have a lot of communication anymore, and we just saw that we were drifting apart. And and that's yeah. why uh, we said, let's let's end it. And then end of the '90s, we went back to the studio again to try to record some new songs and see if if it still would work. And it was a great session. Uh, But then beginning of 2000, uh, Felix died uh, of a heart attack. And uh, I decided to give this material that we recorded end of the 90s to a producer to sort of rearrange the whole thing because I I didn't want to touch it again. But I thought it has to be released, and uh, yeah. eight songs of of of, of that time uh, are on Loopy Avenue, my, yeah. my uh, album. That's why it's called Kurt Malou versus Double. When rain meets tears on your face, walking home alone from our old place. Forget the good times when you're blue Walking down alone now Loopy Avenue It's like okay, a tribute. It's like a tribute, yeah. a tribute uh, to our common, uh, to our mutual uh, sure. time. Yeah. Sure, that makes sense, and that summarizes your career. I mean, if, right? Those songs that you guys have been working on are now out there for people to enjoy and take on through the Loopy Avenue album, right? Yeah. Right. Great. Great. Oh, that's good. Not to get too, you know, sad or morbid about it, but did you have any idea Felix, his health was poor? Or, how did you? Was it, no, you it came out of the blue. I mean, it came really? it was May first, uh, two thousand and four. I, I will never forget that day. It was a Sunday, yeah. 
my manager called me and he said, yeah, I have very, very sad news. Uh, he, he was riding his bike, his bicycle, um, and he had a racing bike and, wow. and he came home from a, from a, from a, a trip and, 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 uh, yeah, within Jeez. 30 minutes he was dead. I mean, uh, horrible. That's horrible. Yeah, horrible. And he left three children. Oh but, man. Oh, uh, no. life, yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. It was just a horrible. Oh, rough. Mm. Well, well, that's too bad. So for the last few years then, I mean, is that how, do you do other things to sort of make a living, or do you continue to make music, continue to play live periodically, not, a, not yeah. oh, you know, on, on tour, yeah. but you play live sometimes, yeah. and then Captain of Her Heart royalties. Are there? Is there other things, are there other things that you're involved in or that you do that sort of make up your life now? No, no. There, there is my my life is uh, full of music. Um, Good. I'm just producing my my solo albums. I mean, uh, they bring some royalties too. It's not yeah, they sure, of course, sell at all. But I'm very glad that I have uh, this this yeah. Good. I really like Evergreen. your Soul and Echo album. I think that's my favorite <laughs> of all the ones. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because it's really kind of dancey. You've got some great beats in there. like all of them, but I, I'm on board for whatever Kurt Malou is doing because I love your sound. But I think that Sound and Echo album is uh, is especially good. And now, so personally, you're married, you have kids. What, what's your personal life like? The kids are grown up now. They're, uh, my son lives in Berlin and my daughter lives in Hamburg, but they don't live uh, in the apartment here anymore. Okay. And um, yeah, so we have more space. <laughs> good. You're empty nesters. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Very. No, cool. Hamburg is a great city, by the way. It's uh, it's very beautiful. And, oh, um, I believe it. I was skeptical after Paris uh, to move up north yeah. so far, and uh, I mean the weather was is different, but now today a beautiful day and uh, good. I can't. Complain. Was it your wife? Was it more her decision to move to Hamburg, or she's yeah she's from Hamburg. She's too okay. Oh, got it. Okay. I've been to Munich, but I've never been to Hamburg. Um, Hamburg is completely different. It's it's more like um, more like Britain. It's, it's oh uh, really really yeah interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like probably most people, I took German in junior high and high school and college. I studied German for seven years. Wow! And mm-hmm. I barely remember any of it. <laughs> and okay. I was, of course, I regret that, like most people. Yeah, I tried. And it didn't it didn't stick with me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, okay. Well, look, uh, Kurt. I I just uh, I just want to check in with you and get to know you better because I, of course, love your music and it lives on to this day. And I thought people would be interested to find out more about the guy who who makes this great music that you know has affected their life 
in one way or another. Oh, I thought of a, I thought of there's another question I want to ask you. What is when you look back on your life and your music life, what do you consider to be the highlight? What when you now that you're an empty nester, you're still making music, but the kids are out of the house and you you sit on your couch and you have a quiet moment to yourself and you think, I can't believe I did that. Is it writing a song? Is it meeting a hero? Is it, uh, I don't know, getting played on the radio for the first time? What's that great memory that's stored up there? Well, that's what I thought uh, myself, and that's why I started to write my memoirs uh, two years ago, and um, I put them out as as an e-book, and I had to ask myself what I mean there were so many highlights and there was such so dense the time in the 80s when we were famous but there was one one scene that I will never forget and I will always remember I uh, when we were on promotion tour uh, we were staying at the um, Roosevelt Hotel uh, in West Hollywood and there's a beautiful pool there's a mural in the pool by by David Hockney and um, we were laying there and Felix bought a little a little player. It, it was like a Sony player at the time, and they, it was cassette and and uh, FM. And he handed me the the earplugs, and he said, "Hey, listen." And I was listening, and there was Kiss FM playing the Captain of Her Heart, <laughs> over comp- over compressed, and but it sounded uh-huh. so big, you know, it sounded like uh-huh. it, it sounded like California, and I thought, right. hey. Uh, you can't it. get any better. Yeah, you can't yeah. get any better. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, that's great just moment. what you want to hear. Right yeah, on. <clears throat> Have you ever met any of your heroes? Well, yeah, I met Herb Albert, and, and Herb Albert was well, the hero great. of my of my mother. Uh, oh, and I really? remember she she yeah she was dancing with me in the kitchen when I was a little kid to <laughs> I don't know Rise and and Spanish Fly and sure uh, and uh, yeah. And I, it was a great moment to to, to meet him. I also met Greta Garbo when she was still alive. You did really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, it's, oh. I was playing tennis in in Closters in Switzerland, and and that's where she went for holidays uh, every year. And uh, she was asking me if I would teach her um, to give her some lessons in tennis. And this really? Was surreal. Yeah, this was oh, surreal. Man. Absolutely. And I told my mother she all she almost fainted. Because for her it was like goddess, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. What a life. Well, right on. Well, hey, thanks for talking to me, Kurt. I really, it was really great appreciate pleasure. it. Mm-hmm. There you have it, Kurt Malou. Interesting guy, right? He's an example, as a lot of these people are, of someone who stumbled on an amazing song and the success of that song affords him the freedom and ability to do whatever he wants for the rest of his life and luckily he continues to make great music. Super interesting guy, I've always been curious about them. Thanks as always for listening. Please find us on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, go back and look into our archives. We've done about, I don't know, 33, 34 of these things. If you like stories about rock stars and what their lives are like, especially the lesser known ones, That's what we're all about here. Write us a review. Please write us a review. Find us on Facebook. You can like our page. You can communicate with us that way. I post a lot of things out there of previous guests that you can kind of 
keep tabs on. Also, we have a playlist on YouTube. Just go in there and search for the Hustle Podcast Playlist. And I'll be posting videos that relate to the guests of the show. You can subscribe to that as well. You can email me at thehustlepod at gmail.com if you want to communicate that way or you want to give me a tip of someone you'd like me to try and track down. Or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. Huge thanks, as always, to Yan Makevich for turning this episode around. We're grateful for him and for all of you listeners. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll be back next week with more. Take care. Show me the man